0: 13 year old Adam has made a lot of mistakes in his life, but this has to be the biggest. Thanks to a massive fight with his little brother Callum, the mysterious and magical computer algorithm Popularis Incrementum has exploded and accidentally transported them to a completely different dimension. One where they were never born and the internet doesn't exist and neither does any of the technology they know and love. Will the brothers survive in this strange altiverse where everything is the same but different? Can they stop an evil villain from sabotaging their dad's world-changing technology when in this universe, their dad doesn't even know who they are? And most importantly of all, will they ever find a way back home? Adam Destroys the Internet is out now in paperback. Available from your local Waterstones or online at Waterstones. Hey, I'm Bex, and this is Fun Kids Meets, the podcast
1: where we meet your heroes. This week, I caught up with Alistair Beckett-King and Claire Powell to find out about their amazing new book, Montgomery Bonbon: bon, Murder at the Museum. Hello, Alistair. Hello, Claire, and welcome to the show.
2: Hello, Bex. Thank you for having me.
3: Hello, Bex. Thank you very much. Nice to be here.
1: Now, I, um, I've read your book, guys, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I've really, really loved hearing the story of Montgomery Bonbon. Bon- who is never seen in the same room as Bonnie Montgomery. Uh, Alistair, can you tell me a little bit about your lead character?
2: Yes. Well, Bonnie is a 10-year-old girl uh, who's brilliant at solving mysteries. But uh, as you and I both know, 10-year-olds generally aren't allowed to solve murders. Mm-hmm. And um, the ingenious solution that Bonnie has come up with is that she puts on a beret and a raincoat and a huge bristly moustache, and she becomes Montgomery Bonbon, who is a uh, distinguished foreign detective, uh, but nobody's quite sure what country he's supposed to be from.
1: Yeah, I did love um, the the phrases and the accents varying a, li- a little bit through the book. On purpose, obviously, that's the whole point. Uh, we, would we say inspired <laughs> by Poirot, perhaps?
2: Oh, certainly. I'm, I'm a huge fan of especially David Suchet's Poirot. Um, I think he's wonderful. Um, but, uh, but Bonnie's grasp of uh, French is not that strong. So she slides into German and Italian every so often.
1: I did notice a few little German notes in there as well, but I loved it. Hey, man, I was very, very happy to see uh, Montgomery kind of travel the world a little bit there. And uh, tell me, Claire, what was your inspiration for, for drawing her?
3: Well, that was interesting, actually, because as soon as I read the manuscript, I had an impression of her almost instantly in my head. And I actually sketched her um both bonnie and montgomery bonbon because obviously there's two characters for me to draw um, but i did it one evening watching the television and i both characters came out in about five minutes so um i sort of took that as a sign that maybe these characters were already living somewhere within my head and they just sort of needed a story to to bring them to life so yeah that was um really great because sometimes characters can take a long time but in this case they didn't which is very very handy indeed I imagine
1: now Alistair tell me we uh we meet your your character and her granddad and they are in the middle literally, literally straight away like something exciting happens uh which means we are reading the book and we are in it we are on the go um and this isn't the first case that she has solved you give us little snippets here and there of little mysteries that uh Montgomery, a.k.a. Bonnie, has also been involved in.
2: Yes, that's right. I'm, I'm very impatient when I watch or uh, read a mystery because, um, you know, at the start, there's just loads of rich people in a country house and I just can't wait for one of them to die. I'm like, come on, get on <laughs> with it. And so, so the murder happens in, in chapter one. There's, there's no messing around and uh, straight in, straight away, somebody has, di- has died. Um, so Grandpa Banks and, uh, and Bonnie are in the, the Hornville Museum which is a big, creaky old museum full of bones and dinosaur skins and that sort of thing. And then the lights go out, and there's a scream upstairs. And uh, Bonnie quickly finds out that uh, a valuable artifact, the Whittlington Eagle, has been stolen. So she and Grandpa Banks – well, she quickly turns into Montgomery Bon Bon and they make their way upstairs to try to – to solve the case.
1: And she's lucky that her grandpa is, is pretty receptive to all of um, Montgomery's quirks, should we say, and plans and kind of just goes along with her and just like, yeah, we know we've solved mysteries before. Let's do it again.
2: Yeah. Grandpa Banks is my favourite character because he's super supportive of, uh, of of Bonnie when he's a grandpa. And when when she's Montgomery Bon Bon, he's just Banks, the detective's assistant. And he's uh, he's the, a loyal detective's assistant. And he does what he's told. He takes photographs of the crime scene and he, he tries to help and usually makes things slightly worse.
1: So when you were plotting this, did you know in advance like who the murderer was going to be and, and what the way of the mystery was going to work? Or did you write it and just see where it went to?
2: I would be so good to just find out at the end yourself when you're <laughs> writing it. That'd be great. But I wonder who did this. Oh, my goodness, it was that person. Um, but no, I had to. I, had, I planned it. And of course, look, all good plans go wrong. So the the original plan changed and changed in the process of writing it. But I planned very, very hard, just not very, very well.
1: Well, still your plan. That's the important thing, right?
2: Yeah. You just need to have a plan. It doesn't need to be a good plan, as as Bonnie demonstrates during the book on several occasions.
1: Absolutely. She still gets there in the end. But uh, tell me, Claire, speaking of plans, I mean, we are greeted at the opening of the book with a brilliant plan of the museum and we've got pictures of all of the characters as well. Again, did they come to you as quickly as Montgomery did or were you just taking a lot of time over this?
3: No, I think the other ones, some of them took a bit longer. Um, I think I spent quite a long time on Inspector Sands. I felt that I had to get her just right. Um, So she probably took the longest. And then it also took me quite a long time to get the candle sort of shape in the... Uh, character whose name is Anton Price. Um, and he was described very well by Alistair as a melting candle. Um, and that took me quite a while to figure out how to do that. Um, but yeah, the other ones actually Rashida was somebody that, um, we went back and forth on actually myself and the designer Jamie trying to get that look right. So yeah, I think, um, Bonnie and Montgomery Bonbon came easily, but the others I probably spent two or three days on.
1: It's a really funny book. I did really enjoy it, and I love the fact that the illustrations match the writing um, in sense of humor. Uh, Alistair, is it hard to make a book funny, or I guess as a comedian, does it just come naturally to you?
2: I would love to say it was easy, um, but uh, you know, I'm a stand-up comedian, but that's that's very hard work as well. Um, It is. I find I find writing extremely hard. I'm very slow at it. I feel very lazy all the time. I think one of the, the good things about writing, like a funny mystery, is one of the easy ways to be funny is to try to be serious and fail. And of course, murder is a very serious business, and mysteries are often very, very serious. And so, trying to take the serious bit seriously, and then and then break out into something very, very silly is a is a good way of, um, of finding jokes as you go. Uh, the example you mentioned before, whenever Bonnie's previous cases come up, I can come up with a an absolutely ludicrous previous case that might be <laughs> too silly if it were what the book was about, but I can still, you know, th- throw that in, like uh, an international owl smuggling ring. Can make an appearance but not actually be part of the story.
1: I mean, some of the stories that were mentioned, I was like, "I want, I want this one as well, please. I want, <laughs> I want this backstory because I'm pretty sure there is a pretty impressive uh, backstory to our uh, Montgomery going on there." And um, am I right in thinking there are more stories still to come, though?
2: That's right. I think I slipped up earlier and said "books" instead of "book" um, because there will be a, there will be another Montgomery Bonbon mystery coming out later this year, and uh, all I all I know about that one is that there is a lighthouse and uh, a smuggler and an onion ring.
1: (laughs) All right. Okay. I'll look out for it now. Um, I really did love this book, guys. Um, It's going to be my Fun Kids book of the month. Um, It was uh, such a fun read. Really enjoyed it. Uh, You kept me guessing. I'm very bad at guessing uh, (laughs) murder mystery plots anyway, but this really was exciting. Um, And what we do with every brand new author to Fun Kids is we play a little game, uh, a kind of this or that quickfire round of questions. So first up, um, Alistair, books or Kindles? Books, please. Books. Uh, Claire, books or Kindles? Books. Everybody says books. I need to retire that question. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> Alistair, film adaptation or TV adaptation?
2: Ooh, I think for a murder mystery, I think it's TV adaptation. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah.
1: Uh, interesting. Claire, Octopants or Wizard in My Shed?
3: Oh, that's really tough. Mm. Oh, I think Octo
1: Pants. I've got a soft spot for Octo. We should we should say to all of the listeners, of course, you also did the illustrations for those books as well. So people might recognise your pictures.
3: Yes, that's true. I did. I did illustrate both of those. Yeah. Octo was actually, I think, one of my very first picture books that I ever illustrated.
1: There we go. You see, I thought I'd, I'd give people some context. They might be like, oh yeah, how do I know this style of pictures from all of these brilliant books before? Um, Alistair, we've got writing or reading?
2: Oh, reading is so much easier than writing. The story's already done <laughs> for you. I can't. Uh, there's no no contest whatsoever.
3: And uh, Claire, how about you? Would you prefer drawing or reading? Oh, I think I'd have to say drawing. Reading does come a close second, but I think for me it's drawing. This one's for Alistair, Agatha Christie or Arthur Conan Doyle.
2: Oh, well, um, I actually think it might be Arthur Conan Doyle, which is which is very wrong because this book is more of an Agatha Christie type mystery, but I think I, I think I like Sherlock Holmes quite a lot. Oh dear.
1: You know, huh. go with your heart. That's all right. That's um, not a very quick
2: fire answer, is it? Sorry.
1: <laughs> it's okay. Honestly, sometimes the quick fire answers are longer than the actual interview. <laughs> um, <laughs> I definitely made
2: the noise, ah, more than you would want in a quick fire round.
1: <laughs> Claire, laptop or write by hand or draw by hand, I guess? Oh, definitely draw or write by hand. Ooh. Alistair, same question for you.
2: Oh, I, I hate to write by hand. I do like to, I like to draw. I draw a lot. Um, and I do that by hand because it's easier than using feet or anything else. <laughs> Um, But no, uh, my handwriting is terrible, so I type everything.
1: Okay. Uh, right. We've got, uh, yeah, Alistair, do you write nine to five or do you write whenever you fancy?
2: Well, I'm a stand-up comedian, so I work very weird hours. So I, I write whenever I can. I, I'm not a strict sticker to schedules. You're
1: not there in the office. Uh, and how about you, Claire? Do you work nine to five or whenever you you want to go and work? It's probably more like six to
3: eight. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Drawings take a long time. Yeah. Um, so my days tend to be a little long and, and I do try and have a routine. Um, I'm more of a, I'm probably opposite to Alistair. I'm more of a morning person than a night owl.
1: Yeah. Six in the morning, man. That's, I didn't even know that existed. That's far too early for me. Oh my goodness. Alistair, writing comedy or writing books?
2: Oh, well, they're not that different. There's jokes in the books. I think it's, I think it's the the same, isn't it? I don't think it's that different. Oh, do I have to, do I have to choose one?
1: No, that's a a really good answer. I'm going to let you have both. But oh great! The, yes. the next, the next one you cannot. Uh, the next one is for both of you. Uh, uh, Claire, you can go first. Paddington Bear or Winnie the Pooh? Winnie
3: the Pooh. Love Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, I actually wrote an essay on Winnie the Pooh when I was at college um, and everybody laughed at me because they'd all um, chosen like things like Picasso. And I wrote an essay on Winnie the Pooh in my art foundation. I thought it was brilliant, but uh, it got a lot of laughs, which actually wasn't the intention.
1: (laughs) I think that was a great choice. Uh, Alistair, how about you, Paddington or Winnie the Pooh?
2: Well, I'm I'm going to have to go with Paddington because I remember the brilliant stop motion animated version oh, of yeah. Paddington, where Paddington was a, 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 a like a three dimensional bear, but all the other characters were inked on cardboard. Which is I love I love mixed media animation, so that's why I'm going with Paddington.
1: That's a great answer. The next question I've got in the quickfire round, uh, Alistair, you can go first. It is pretty simple. Hogwarts or Narnia? Narnia straight away. Claire, how about you, Hogwarts or Narnia? Ooh, I think Narnia. Yeah, I think Narnia because it's from childhood. So yeah, Narnia. A double Narnia answer. Okay. And finally, the last one, guys, I'm not going to lie to you. This is the most important one. You could literally say anything for any other question and I wouldn't care, but this is the one I will judge you on. So here we go. Uh, Claire, you can go first. Salt and vinegar or cheese and onion? Salt and vinegar. I'm not going to tell you what i feel about each answer until alistair has said his. alistair salt and vinegar or cheese and onion
2: i mean bex is obviously furious but i'm going to make that even worse by saying salt and vinegar of course the correct <laughs> <Yes>. answer salt <laughs> and is the vinegar
1: correct
0: answer. oh Yay. it is the correct answer yes
1: i didn't want to i didn't want to make a big deal when you said salt and vinegar claire i didn't want to make a big deal of it because i thought then i'll give it away but i was trying to do my stern voice
2: you covered it up so well. I really <laughs> no, thought dead. you hated salt Vidigo when you when you re- got when you answered that. Wow! I
3: was actually a little bit scared that I'd, I'd I, yeah that I'll never be invited back ever because I gave the wrong answer. But I'm glad to hear I gave the right answer. Honestly, no, and
1: Vidigo is the correct answer. If you say cheese and onion, I just stop the interview immediately and just delete you. So <laughs> well <laughs> done. <laughs> You absolutely smashed it. Um, well, guys, thank you so much for telling us all about uh, the brand new book, Murder at the Museum. I believe it came out um, earlier this month, but hopefully, I'm assuming we'll see you in the studio for the next one. We can chat about more uh, Montgomery Bonbon bon mysteries. And uh, Alistair, Claire, thank you so much for chatting to us. You're welcome. Thank you very much for having me on.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
1: That was Alistair Beckett King and Claire Powell. I love this book so much. Genuinely thought it was really, really funny, really great. It kept me guessing till the very end. And I've got to say, I can't wait for more Montgomery Bonbon. Bon. Remember, if you love this podcast, listen back to all of my Bookworms episodes as well, where I meet loads of brilliant authors and discuss lots of other incredible stories.
0: 13-year-old Adam has made a lot of mistakes in his life, but this has to be the biggest. Thanks to a massive fight with his little brother Callum, the mysterious and magical computer algorithm Popularis Incrementum has exploded and accidentally transported them to a completely different dimension. One where they were never born and the internet doesn't exist and neither does any of the technology they know and love. Will the brothers survive in this strange ultraverse where everything is the same but different? Can they stop an evil villain from sabotaging their dad's world-changing technology when in this universe, their dad doesn't even know who they are? And most importantly of all, will they ever find a way back home? Adam Destroys the Internet is out now in paperback. Available from your local Waterstones or online at Waterstones.
3: All right. Um, it's got some amazingly pink and white flowers. The leaves look quite kind of f- like um, kind of furry. You know what I mean? It's a warm spring day in late March, and ever since the leaves have started to come out, Roby Joe has been wondering why some trees lose their leaves and some don't, and also like how the trees know when it's time to shed their leaves. To find out, join us on the conversations Curious Kids wherever you get your podcasts.